this Glider Talks, Robert talks to Michael Tipper of Peak Performance Productivity. Michael is on a mission to help busy professionals squeeze even more juice out of this thing called life by helping them cross over the bridge from overwhelm to overachievement, from distraction to discipline delivery, from procrastination to purpose progress. His specialties include how to be productive working remotely, finding focus in a distracted world, eliminating procrastination to get more done, and taking back control of your email. Robert and Michael spend the next hour discussing productivity. Hello and welcome to Guide to Talks, Grow Your Digital Agency Talks. And it is an absolute pleasure to introduce to you a gentleman who I've known for some time and I've been learning loads from a gentleman by the name of Michael Tipper. Now, Michael is going to talk to us about productivity. Just before we came on, he said productivity is just a habit. So without further ado, welcome, Michael. Robert, thanks for the invite. I'm really great to be here. It's absolutely great to have you. So um, you've got this really wild um, backstory. So, so why don't you just tell us a little, little bit about about what you are, what you are known for, and maybe what you were known for. Well, certainly. Well, I got, I've been in the people development space for about 20 years. My first career was in the Royal Navy. So I was a weapons engineer officer in the submarine service, um, running the combat system on a nuclear powered submarine. Um, then I got into memory development. So, uh, I won the silver medal in the world's memory championships. Um, I dined out on that for a few years, um, and got into the speaking space. I taught a lot of kids how to, uh, learn study skills. I think I was one of the early pioneers of large scale um, entertainment type educational events working with kids uh, with a company called Positively Mad a few years ago. So I cut my teeth as a presenter in front of teenagers. That then developed into uh, beyond sort of memory, got into creativity, and ultimately I ended up doing productivity as part of that. Then a left turn into the leadership development space about 10 years ago when we had the last um, financial crisis. Uh, and I then got into developing people and teams. And then uh, I stepped out of that about three or four years ago to get back into focusing on productivity and helping people understand how they can get much more done. Okay, so what's what's let's just go straight into it. So, so I mean, I, I do find the idea of being Mr. Memory Man, you know, and was that was that let's just go down that route for a moment. So was was that sure. about people putting a whole pack of cards in front of you and you then telling them back what it was or was it just telephone numbers i mean what was what, what was being uh, I, what is i've done all that stuff so so where it came <laughs> from was um when i joined the navy i thought i had a poor memory so i was i was used to need i need to take time to process stuff to learn it and so when i joined the so my o levels uh, back then when they were called o levels that was fine but when I joined the Navy, I was suddenly faced with modular learning. So I'd do a week's course on gyroscopes, I'd have the exam. A week's course on explosives, had the exam. And there was a lot of pressure to it. And I, it didn't suit my learning style. So I thought I, I had a poor memory because I naturally assumed I can't remember this stuff as quickly. Therefore, it's my memory. So I bought a memory course that was advertised in the Sunday Times and discovered that it wasn't my memory. I just didn't know how to use what was between my ears. So I started using it and um, I, I then actually literally forgot about the course and the irony of it. I forgot about the course until about eight or nine years later when I, I 
I came across mind mapping that led to memory techniques that then led to the World Memory Championships. I thought, mind mapping is fantastic. I started using it. It was amazing. Made all sorts of differences. And I, I then went into, uh, I did a memory, a mind mapping course. And suddenly I, I was in a training environment where people weren't shouting at me. And it was like, wow, that's amazing. Cause that's what the military was like back then. And so that then led to me doing the, doing the, uh, wanting to teach mind mapping. But I thought, well, I need credibility for this. I saw the World Memory Championships when I had a look what they, what they were doing, thought I could do that. So I did. I won the silver medal and ended up being on TV and I've written books and I, I've memorized packs of cards. I did nine packs of cards in an hour in the World Championships. I did a 752 digit number in 60 minutes. That's to be able to remember, remember it and then recall it all. I did 966 binary digits, which is just sheets. Of, that's basically a sheet of uh, ones and noughts uh, in 12 point font, an A4 sheet. And I did a pack of cards in under three minutes. So I, I went through all that. And basically it was a credibility piece because I wanted to prove what you can do when you put your mind to it. And my memory is exactly the same as yours. Only now I've got a few skills I can call upon if I wanted to use them. So do you remember that you still owe me a drink from when we last met? Yeah, I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> boom boom uh, yeah absolutely. I, wish I, I think the business plan i missed was having five pound every time someone made a memory joke because i'd be it'd be worth a fortune <laughs> okay so now uh heavily into productivity i've watched you researching productivity and i've watched you literally just just surrounding yourself with it what is what, what is your definition of productivity? It's, it's a really good question. I think it's, it's, it's context dependent. If I was going to give a short, uh, a short description, I'd say it's about uh, getting the output you want when you want it. And that's probably the, the simple, if you encapsulate it there. And what we find is that things get in the way of us doing that. That might be issues around effectiveness or efficiency. But broadly speaking, that's what it is. If I was to go deeper, um, I would say it is more of a work style choice. So productivity is often something that comes up as a deficiency need. It only becomes an issue when it's a problem. So if you think about people's health, when do people start getting fit or when do people start focusing on the health? Normally when they've had some form of scare or, or they suddenly had a, a fear-based realization that actually this is the only body I've got, I better do something about it. And so you've got this sort of almost a fear-based approach to it. So, um, so I define it as, whereas in health, you'd say you'd make lifestyle choices about what you drink, what you eat, when you go to bed and all that sort of stuff. I believe productivity is a holistic work style choice. And I've got this, uh, I've been trying to think, how do I encapsulate this? Because there's all sorts of various ways of looking at it. And I've come up with this pyramid of productivity where there are four levels. At the bottom, you have the level of energy. This is about the ability to do things. This is about your spiritual energy, your physical, your mental, your emotional energy. This is just having the, the fuel to be able to get out of bed and be able to apply yourself to the stuff you've got to do, the ability to do things. The next level is about the level of efficiency. So this is about being able to do things quickly. So why, why, why do it in two hours when it can take one hour? So this is about doing things right. Then above that, you've got the level of effectiveness. And this is about goal setting and planning. And that, this is about doing the right things. And then on top of that, you've got the, what I call the elite level. And this is about doing extraordinary things. This is about mastery of your craft. And this is about leadership. And so within that pyramid, there are various ways of looking at productivity, various things that you can do and all the 
techniques that you can apply fall within that pyramid. And it depends on where you want to be in terms of what the output is that you want. So if you want to operate at the elite level, so for example, I was the ranked number two in the world in competition memory when I won the silver medal. Now to get to that point, I had to do I had to be in great physical shape. My energy had to be good. I had to be doing the training in an efficient way. I had to be doing the right training. So I had to be doing goal setting. And then I had to practice until I became that good. Now, at the other end of the spectrum, you might just be someone working an administrative role and you just want to get the paperwork done in a way that you can go home on time without getting stressed out. You've still got to be in really good shape and then might be doing things in an efficient way. So this structure just then is a framework about which you can then decide what the output you want is and when you want it and decide which of those things are most appropriate for you. So, so I have to, I have to confess in, in kind of preparation for this, this interview, uh, I took on doing a presentation about, um, giving people back time, which I, which is, I guess, a definition of productivity for, for owner directors and talking about, about morning rituals. So I had this big deck. Okay. And because I'm obsessed with the 80 20 rule, I decided publicly to say, here you go. Here are the 50 slides. I'm now 80 20 those slides. So now these are the remaining 20, which I then 80 20, which I then 80 20. So I ended up with one slide. I then took that one slide and I 80 20 it to I ended up with two bullet points and I then 80 20 them and I ended up with one word. And that word was energy. Was energy. Energy. Yeah. Was energy. Because I, it's, it's, it's a flip round because what I was saying, uh, but, but you're 100% confirming it, is kind of the, the, the bedrock <laughs> for, for, for all of this stuff is energy. The, the, if you haven't got the energy, if you haven't got the enthusiasm, the excitement to actually make it happen, if you aren't fit and healthy, I guess, in terms of those sort of the Stephen Covey sense, you can't do any any of the rest of it. Right. Uh, energy so Yeah, but coming to extend your point a little bit, if you think about the, the brain's functionality, the brain primarily, I mean, it does a lot of stuff, but it has two primary functions. Number one is to keep you safe. That's why the reptilian brain controls everything that we do. The second function is to preserve energy so that it can keep you safe. And so when we start looking at things like um, uh, effectiveness and efficiency and procrastination, sometimes we don't want to do things because it just seems like too much work. That's the brain saying, I'm going to conserve energy just in case saber-toothed tiger around the corner. When we think about the quality of thinking that we apply to what we do, we are, we have the, the system one, system two from Daniel Kahneman, who wrote thinking fast, uh, um, uh, thinking slow. That's about our default mechanism is to see the easy answer. And a lot of people default to that, but actually progress is made by some deep thinking. And we avoid doing that. And, and often a lot of the problems that we have in terms of stuff getting done, the right output when we want it, is the fact that we don't dig deep enough because we're trying to conserve our energy. And until we're aware of that, until we actually start making conscious choices about what energy investments are we willing to make because we can start to see the long-term benefits from that, then we're just going to be at the, at the beck and call of our natural tendencies to minimize energy so that we can stay safe. So it's kind of like in praise of lazy, <laughs> that, that we're lazy because we, we don't want to do the hard work for fear that we haven't got enough energy left for something 
more important. Is that is that kind of the, the that, argument? There? That's one side of it. That's definitely one side of it. But there's another side to it. They, 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 they sort of they're, they're symbiotic, and that's this the reward mechanism we get for achievement. So dopamine is, is the most addictive drug that we're that known to mankind. And it's there for a reason. It's there to reward us. So for example, when we eat, we get a hit of dopamine. So back in the day when we we're out on the savannah, we eat, we feel good, we'll do that again. And that means that we survive because we take in the nutrients. And so um, little things like progress towards goals. So as I'm wandering through the grasslands 200,000 years ago towards the apple tree that I know is going to give me apple every time I get close to it, I get a hit of dopamine. I feel good. The anticipation, the anticipation, the anticipation. And so what that happens, we've, we've got that. But I don't want to spend too much energy because I don't want to encase something. So we've got this sort of like push-pull relationship. So today what we are designed to, because our default mechanism is the easy stuff, we do the easy stuff. It feels good. We get a, ah, oh, that feels good. Therefore, it feels right. Therefore, it must be the best thing to do. Whereas in actual fact, what we need to do is recognize the short-term pain sometimes for long-term gain. But because our mammalian brain drives our behavior in terms of, and, and, the, and it's, it's driven by emotions, and also its time horizon is now. The time horizon is now. So We've got a prefrontal cortex that says, right, we should do this. But that's like the little ride on top of the elephant where the elephant goes, if I want a bun, I want a bun now. There's nothing you can do to stop me.